Hey everyone, welcome to the Work Friends Podcast, where we bring meaningful conversations to you. I'm Jen Brubaker, and I'm here with my co-host, work and real friend, Ainsley Stanley. This season, we are inviting you to experience Rhythms of Grace, a season dedicated to discovering spiritual disciplines and learning together how to connect with God and enjoy being in His presence more. Today on the podcast, we have joining us Carter White, who is co-lead pastor of Community Life at Listowel Evangelical Missionary Church. This week, we talk about fasting, an often neglected practice from scripture. He shares scriptural basis as well as how it has personally impacted his life and relationship with God. Thank you for this time, God. It's a gift. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Carter, you, you've you listened to the podcast for a while, at least a little bit. I have. Yeah. <laughs> and Kim has, Kim is probably, especially because she went on that episode with Bart too. So she's probably been on like more than anybody. She's yes. one of our most, mm. most loved guests mm. from our listeners. So we love, love all too. our guests equally, her. but <laughs> <laughs> our audience quite enjoys She's great her, at talking so. too. Yeah. She's really good at talking. That's yeah. true. She is a gift. Yeah. She's a gift for that. So it's good. But we're excited to talk to you. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk. Great <laughs> You intro. also have great things to talk about. <laughs> oh, nice, thanks, thanks. So we're going to be talking about fasting today, but mm. we wanted to ask you some fun facts first. Go for it. So this was, Carter was prepping for this at the beginning, so... I was. Ooh. How would you spend a free day? Legitimately, if I had a free day or when I do have a free day, I uh, sleep in a little bit longer because Otto still doesn't sleep that great. So we sleep in as long as we can. Uh, coffee, good breakfast, probably more than any other meal of the day that matters. And um, to me, I mean, <laughs> not objectively, but uh, and uh, like a, probably like a project around the house. Like a fun one, um, like trying electrical and things like that <laughs> in my shed. And whatever. Um, so that's what I've been doing recently. On, uh, But I, I will say a, a, something that I want to do maybe on a free day at some point is go to Tobemori. I've never been to Tobemori. You've never been? No, never what? seen the grotto. I've always wanted to like, I don't know, I think you can climb. Yeah, climb and on you a can cliff fall jump. Into the, yeah. yeah. So that's that's like, I need to do that in the next year. But Well, next time you free day. Maybe not now. Georgian Bay probably isn't. Yeah, I know. Right I now. know. It feels like the wrong season, but <laughs> it's okay. One day. Uh, if you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would it be? This is really, there's a lot of people I'd like to have dinner with. Uh huh. Um, and there's multiple postures in this conversation. I was like, man, would, would I want to say something to the person? And like, you know, are they forced to stay seated at the dinner? And then so I'd want, you <laughs> That's know. That's so intense. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but you know what I think would be the most interesting person to listen to is like a dictator. Hmm. Like oh. if I could sit down with Kim Jong-un, right? Is it the current one? Kim Jong-un, North Korea? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think because he's just like a total mystery to me. Like I think I have like an, uh, maybe it sounds weird to say an unhealthy fear of dictators, but um I think there's like an unhealthy fear for me of like people like him or like other dictators in the world to feel like they're not human beings. Mm. Not like it would maybe also be weird to humanize mm-hmm. someone who is is like that. But uh, so it would be like Kim Jong-un, a translator. 
<laughs> and, uh, and then probably uh, either like a comedian or like just a really good chef who's making the dinner. Right. Then, so that it's a really good dinner. But I'd probably want to just focus on him. Yeah. For the conversation. If there was mm-hmm. like an extra, maybe like Bono to do like some music. So I like you too. Um, and he's a neat guy, but yeah. So you got the music, you got the food, you got the translator and the dictator. The dictator. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, there's so many people be interesting to listen, you know, like I thought too, like, you know, like Inuits, there's like someone who's like in the middle of nowhere. Mm. It'd be interesting to hear their story, but I'm not sure. Someone like Kim Jong-un probably needs to talk a lot. So he'd be, it might be hard to pull out things from, I don't know if they talk a lot. Mm. In the cold, in the igloos. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, that's where I've landed. Huh. That is fascinating. Yeah, that's the first time we've had someone answer it like that. So mm. that's interesting. Neat. What is your favorite food to cook? Because you like to cook. Oh, favorite food to cook. A special food to cook uh, for Kim and I is always risotto and creme brulee because that was the first meal I made her. So. That's uh that's a special meal to cook. Um favorite meal to cook. Um I don't know like like maybe something probably more on like the baking end and on the extreme end like we'll probably fail doing it like macarons or something. Right. Um just because it's like so technical. Mm-hmm. I I think I find that fun, but um I've made them once. I was going to say, you've, so are they you've my favorite meal before. to cook? Favorite meal, like favorite meal, I would make them like regularly. Well, I don't know. I, I just okay. I know you like to cook, so I was just curious because I like like your... sausage and sauerkraut is like okay. Your favorite meal? To yeah, eat? I really yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 and cook to eat yeah. Okay, gotcha. Where is the best place you've been to? Best place, um, I will say, and I think we're both of you in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Okay, <clears throat> skydiving. Uh, at Table Mountain mm, was so cool, awesome. Uh, so that's that's beautiful. Um, and even I would say like there was another another spot in South Africa that was like uh, you know in a wine area, but we like hiked a mountain for like three three hours through the night and slept up there from like two a.m. to five a.m. till the sun came up, and that was nice. Um, that's that's maybe. Some of the best places, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. We went to to Mountain, <laughs> but it was cloudy, so it was cool. And like, we're there. That's fun, but like, it wasn't. The views weren't that spectacular. <laughs> oh, it was the same for me. Like, oh, yeah, you okay. couldn't see anything. Yeah, we weren't yeah. actually even allowed to. Like, we went to like this spot that has like the frame you can take a picture with, like Table Mountain. Right. Yeah. But like, it's we didn't actually get cloud. to. We didn't actually get to like hike it because they said it was too dangerous because people can't see the edge sometimes oh. when it's cloudy. Mm-hmm. So we went there, but we didn't really. It was. It'd be better to go again when it was sunny. <laughs> yes, I think it's often like that. Mm-hmm. But. Oh well. Mm. Uh, if you weren't a pastor, what do you think you'd be doing? One of two things. Either I do like. I think Phil Rosenthal from Somebody Feed Phil is like brilliant to make a show where he literally doesn't need to even be an expert on food at all, but just gets to travel around and eat food. Something like that. Somebody Feed Carter, I guess. I don't <laughs> think it would go, but um, 
somebody feed Carter or um or like a rock star. Like are these like like dreams? <laughs> yeah. Or, or like legit. You can like if I didn't become pastor, want. probably what would have happened is I would have become like an engineer. Okay. Um that was kind of maybe the direction I was heading, but uh but in a dream world, a, I rock, love a star, rock star. I, w- I think I would love it. But uh, I'd have to be better. I'm picturing you with like a, a mullet and like a mandolin. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> oh, <but laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, the mandolin doesn't really fit in the rock star scene generally, but. You could have rebranded the mandolin. It could have been your calling. I know. Rebrand. <laughs> well, there's still time. Not dead yet. <clears throat> well, tell us about yourself, aside from those fun facts. What yeah. does life look like for you? So, um, yeah, I'm uh, 28 um, and uh, married to Kimberly White, uh, who is uh, from New York, um, near the city. And then um, uh, we have a son named Otto, who's, uh, yeah, eight months now, almost nine months. Um, and so life looks like them. And uh, and then as, as a pastor, so I've been a pastor in the school for uh six years most of that time as youth pastor, then interim lead, and now co-lead um, with James Ferber. And uh, yeah, so I don't know, life looks like seeking to help the Stowe Evangelical Missionary Church become everything that Jesus wants it to be, and uh, and me become everything Jesus uh, wants to do in my life and, and our family, and yeah, it's my heart, it's my life. Love it. Amazing. Well, I'm excited for this conversation because like Ainsley said, we're going to be talking about fasting. Mm -hmm. Fasting is probably for me personally, the least practiced practice in my life currently. Um, I do it with my phone fairly regularly, but when it comes to food and whatever else, which it doesn't have to be food, but anyways, we'll get into it. Um, Yeah. Just the, the least practiced practice in my life. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. Um, who maybe feels that way. So to start us off, just give us a brief intro into fasting and what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially, right. Fasting is, is stopping something, uh, something maybe that we rely on regularly or whatever. Um, and in, in order to, well, there's, there's two things. I think, uh, sometimes you use that time that you would otherwise be doing that thing, whether it's eating or your phone or, 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 something you normally spend your time doing, uh, to then pray, to be with God, uh, to spend time with God. Uh, but I think even at a, outside of the activity maybe that you're doing to engage with God through that time is, is this recognition of our serious need for God that I think is part of the choice of, uh, abstaining from what you would normally do is like, I seriously, need God more than anything else in life. And so fasting is like letting go of something to then be uh, a, put yourself in a, in a space, I guess, uh, engage your heart again with, with our deep need for God. Is that, is that an okay a, intro? That's okay. a great intro. Okay. <laughs> uh, where do you see it in scripture? So, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, um, so, I mean, in the Old Testament, there's a number of times where, either like it's often really like it seems in extreme circumstances uh where people are meeting with god or 
repenting, uh, like, and they're like, man, I need God now. I need his blessing. I need his forgiveness. I need what he has for me, something like that. And, and so fasting is this practice that goes along with prayer, almost like as a, as a desperation, maybe. Like, I'm going to pray desperately, and I'm so desperate. I'm not going to do all the other things I would normally do in an ordinary day. Um, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to not even eat, you know, um, and, and I'm going to seek God because I need God now. Um, that's, that's the thing where, where you see it in the old Testament. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes prophets talk about, you know, a, a call to fast or, uh, or, um, or whatever. Um, but then in the new Testament, obviously, so, uh, Jesus fasted, um, in the desert, uh, when he started his ministry. Uh, and I think maybe one of those core scriptures that are really helpful to think about fasting is, is what he says um, when he's tempted. In the desert is this, uh, like, man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Um, and it's like, like, we need God more than we need just the things that we go to to, to survive or to live life. Um, and uh, it's more important that we're with God than, than, than engaging in all these other ordinary things, maybe that, you know, good things that, um, that God's given us even, but if we have them and don't have God, it's not worth it. We're not alive. Um, so I see it there. Uh, now an interesting, an interesting piece for me, as far as our own practice, you know, the thinking about, if we're going to think about fasting ourselves is, you know, you don't really see it very much. Like it's very infrequent seldom commanded. Um, but you see it a couple times in Acts. There's a couple times where it just says, you know, the, the you know, the believers were together, they were, fa- they were praying and fasting, and then, you know, God spoke to them, or God did this thing or whatever. I think Acts 14, 15, right, 15, 16. Um, it happens a couple times there. Um, and so they were practicing it at times, at least. It doesn't really give us much description of what that looked like, how long they were fasting for, um, if it was just food or what. Um, you see it in, uh, I guess, in 1 Corinthians uh, 7, 7, um, where it talks about fasting from sex and your, like, marriage, um, which is, I think, like, you know, when you talk about, like, fasting from phones or whatever, um, I think that's the only time, if I'm, if I'm right, Um that there's there's huge clarity of doing anything other than food, mm-hmm. um, and so I think it's an interesting display because like okay, sex is a good thing, and especially in your marriage, they were talking about being faithful or like sort of giving yourselves to one another. Um, but uh, to say then we're gonna not do this just for a period of time, not forever, but just for a period of time to focus on prayer, um, is is an interesting thing. And, and so you know when you think about other things in your life, maybe that are um, either taking up your energy, taking up your mental space, taking up your, uh, your heart, maybe your heart's getting set on them, maybe, maybe even in an unhealthy way, um, to say, I'm going to put that aside again and reset my heart on where my heart needs to be, um, is an interesting, interesting thing. So yeah, it does seem that it can go outside of food itself. But then, uh, one of the things I think is the most intriguing scripture on fasting is Matthew 6 in the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus says, when you fast do it this way. And it's like, when do we fast? <laughs> uh, why would he give us direction if we weren't fasting? 
Now there is that there is that period of time um, where the the Pharisees are like, John's disciples fast, and the Pharisees fast. Why don't your disciples fast? And he's like, well, they, they're not going to fast while I'm with them. When when I'm not with them, they'll fast. Um, and so it, it it seems to be like a longing or a seeking for the presence of God or connecting with God in His. Uh, physical absence, at least with Jesus, you know, when he left, that there'd be like a, that we long after a connection with God and that somehow fasting is, is part of that process. And in Matthew six, when he describes how to fast, Jesus says, you know, basically don't do it for show. Don't do it for other people to see you and, you know, say, well, look at, you know, how spiritual this person is. Um, Do it for God and God sees it. I mean, if you're after God, if you're fasting because you want to connect with God, then don't take anything else as as a win. You know, praise from people isn't a win if you're looking for God. Um, seek after God, and God will honor that. Um, and uh, and so you know, comb your hair, wash your face, you know, whatever, um, so that you don't look so that you don't look terrible. And people say, "What are you doing?" I'm, oh, I'm fasting. <laughs> um, do it for God. Anyways, that, that's where I see it in scripture. Mm-hmm. But it is weird because it's not like you should fast every week or, you know, it, it, um, I don't even know if it, if it does come across as like a general command, really. There's maybe that, maybe that time about they couldn't cast out a demon and he's like, that only comes out through fasting and prayer. But and it's just, it, it's a weird one. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate though how you laid it out though. It's like to, I forget your words exactly, but like to be more dependent on God than the things that we have around us. So like more dependent on God than we are on food. Like that posture and just that invitation to kind of like be like in front of Jesus without any distractions or anything like that. Like that posture of coming to him and being with him without, you know, um, yeah, the need for other things to sustain us. Um, for you, how do you practice fasting and how have you wrestled with this? Because this isn't a, like an easy thing necessarily. Mm. No, I don't think it comes naturally to us. <laughs> no. And, and you're right. I mean, I think, what'd you say? This is the least that you've practiced of all spiritual practices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think that's like across the board, mm-hmm. at least in our culture. It, it seems across, across the board. I, I don't really remember the f- when I learned about fasting, um, but I will say there was maybe there was maybe once or twice I, I fasted through my years in high school. Um, I don't. Uh, I'm saying once or twice. I can only remember once, but I don't think it was the first time. Um, but uh, there was someone I knew who was in a really unhealthy relationship, and I fasted. For them, I just prayed, like, God, like, may you just break this relationship down because this isn't good. Um, and God did answer that prayer. They, like, separated, like, very soon after. And um, so, actually, that was that was an interesting thing for me. I was like, fasting, uh, quote, unquote, works. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, uh, but then, I, you know, um, in, uh, in Bible college, I had a roommate, Musa, his family member. I don't know. Maybe she doesn't want to. Anyways, one of his family members, um, uh, fasted every Friday. He told me, and I thought that was so interesting. I was like, man, do you have like a, a rhythm of fasting? I've never heard 
of that, really, um, in in the circles that I grew up in. But as I've uh, learned a little bit more, um, what I seem to uh, what I've seemed to pick up is that fasting is a much more normal practice in other parts of the world among Christians. And, um, yeah, like, you know, I hear about, uh, you know, sometimes there's, uh, for churches in Africa where, um, they're, you know, they practice, you know, the first three days, you know, super missionally engaged churches, the first three days of every month they fast, um, and pray, um, for, for people to come to know God or, um, uh, yeah, or, or stories like that where, where it's, it's a much more regular practice. Um, and that to me was it, like, all those things were just so interesting. Actually, when I was in South Africa, there was a church there and, um, it was in a, it was in a town that was fairly impoverished and they're caring for a lot of orphans. Like they were stretched, they were stretched This church. Um, and when we were there, they, it was in, January, and they had been fasting for the whole month of January to start off their year. I don't know exactly what that looked like, if that was one meal a day or what, um, but I was so challenged by that because I was like, for one, um, these people don't seem to have the resources that I do, so you'd think that they wouldn't turn down opportunities to eat. Maybe that's a really, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm misreading the situation there too, but um it just felt like we're so privileged in our country and we choose not to uh, relinquish moments of pleasure um, to seek after God. Um, and then there's there's other people in the world who are much less privileged who are choosing to relinquish that pleasure to seek after God. That was really convicting for me. Um so yeah, all those kind of pieces were kind of forming in me this sense of uh, an openness to fasting, let's say. And then there's stories like, um, I'm really captivated by the story of uh, um, Brother Yun. Uh, the book is called Heavenly Man. He was like a Chinese revivalist guy. Um, but his um, he wanted a Bible and he... He, um, there was no, like his mom was a Christian. They knew about basically Jesus dying and rising again. Um, and, uh, so they were Christians, but didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. His mom said, you know, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit, but nobody has a Bible. They don't exist anymore. That was their experience in China. Um, she said, you know, there was an old missionary, um, who, uh, who has one and, and he went and asked for it, but all the missionaries, even the people who had Bibles had been hiding them because they were afraid or they were holding on to them until sort of they were legal again, I think. So they didn't lose the few that they had. And anyways, uh, brother Yun, who at this time, I think was like 15, uh, fasted for a hundred days, one meal a day, praying, praying for a Bible. And God gave him a Bible. And what happened, uh, like people brought a Bible to his door. There was like a vision related to all these things. But um, but uh, in this, the story goes that actually the person who had the Bible, who felt then this, this call to give this Bible to Brother Yun, uh, basically heard God speak that to them at the beginning of his time of fasting, but didn't want to. So like God heard like his first prayers, 
but he kept kept praying, uh, not knowing what God was doing. And uh, but God was continuing to put this on this guy's heart until he, he actually was open enough to to do it, and and he he received this Bible. Anyways, I just I just think that's so. Oh man, like I mean, it, fasting is so tied with prayer. Um, and prayer, uh, prayer itself is, I think, sometimes so weak, um, in, in our, in our lives or in our church culture, like other places in the world tend to be much more serious about their prayer life too. Um, and I think it's gone along with fasting. Like we don't really pray desperately fasting or not, mm-hmm. um, very often. Um, and so, uh, for my personal experience, um, so yeah, there was maybe a couple times where I like tried fasting here and there, but it was always weird. Uh, have you ever fasted ever? Or like, sorry, have you ever fasted from uh, food ever? Can I say that? Yeah. I don't want to exclusively yeah. make yes. it about food. But, yep. Yep, okay. I have. Um, for me, that was always, there was two things that were weird. Either I was like, when am I allowed to eat again <laughs> to make this right? Um, oh, like it just felt really you know, how long do I have to fast from food? Do, should I feel hungry first? Do I have to, you know, do I have to do it for a day? Can I do it for an hour? I, I knew. So that that was always <laughs> weird. Um, it was also weird thinking like, man, like, what is this? God, like, what is it? Like, if I don't eat, God's more likely to answer my prayers. It's just it's such a weird, I, I don't think that's the message of fasting, but um, that's what goes through my head. It's like, um. It, it, it just feels like, am I manipulating God by my suffering to care more about uh, my prayers? Um, and, uh, and the other piece is this, like, you're like, nobody does this. So it feels really like uh, it's, it's hard to fight the arrogance or pride about mm-hmm. fasting. It's mm-hmm. like if you fast, it's like nobody does it. Nobody's expecting you to do it. So who are you? to be the one person who fasts that you know or whatever, maybe. Um, so I always struggle with that whenever. Um, and uh, actually, I think John Piper talks about how, like, fasting of any spiritual practice is maybe the hardest to fight the pride on. It just feels like um, it's just so easy to feel that that way. Um, but, uh, but for me... Um, Fasting became a regular practice at a time when, this was a, a couple of years ago, youth pastor, um, we did youth on Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights uh, was kind of like the pinnacle of, let's say, my, my work and ministry. And so the pinnacle where I was seeking to see fruit. I always felt so much pressure about being able to, su- su- to succeed um, or like what was coming out of Wednesdays. And then after youth was over, you know, I'd be home, not really that late, like nine, eight thirty, nine o'clock, um, and uh, I would struggle to sleep, like every time, every Wednesday night, I couldn't sleep, um, or if I woke up in the middle of the night, I'd be up for like hours, just replaying everything, like how did I do this or what, did I, um, you know, um, replaying everything, and. Uh, and I realized, man, I'm like putting all of this pressure to succeed on myself. This, um, as a human being, uh, if God doesn't exist, uh, would be maybe healthy, right? I'm, I'm ambitious. I'm going at it. But as a, as a human being who, uh, who knows God, um, 
it's like, no, like this pressure's on you, God, this pressure's on you. But for whatever reason, I'm, I'm forgetting that and I'm suffering under it. Um, not terribly dying under, but, uh, but I was, you know, I wasn't burning out or, um, but I was, it just wasn't healthy. And so, um, what I started to do was to fast Wednesday mornings because that was primarily the, my ministry day just to relinquish all of that pressure and responsibility to say, God, like I'm just everything that I feel like the fruit that I want to see come out of the things that I'm doing that I feel like you want to do through me. I'm just going to ask you for that and trust you with whatever I can do. Um, and so I basically what I did, I, I skipped breakfast, um, spent additional time just in prayer for all those things, uh, on Wednesday mornings, me for an hour, an hour and a half, something. Um, and then, uh, Honestly, like it really wasn't that much of a sac. Like we, we'd have staff meeting Wednesdays. We'd have uh, like ten or ten thirty. We'd have like loads of snacks. It's a bunch of Dutch. Uh, was, yeah. it, like we can't have staff meeting with snacks and coffee. Like I fasted for like I delayed my breakfast. It's really all I did. Delayed my breakfast till ten thirty, uh, and then ate like candy uh, in place of breakfast um, or sweets. But um, fasted Wednesday mornings and then. Uh, but that the pressure was so relieved uh, in my life and I was sleeping better and uh, the pressure was off in the sense of needing to um, make sort of uh, success or fruitfulness happen out of my life. And so um, so it became a regular practice um, that I still do. So it's actually been um, two years, maybe two or three years that I've, I've been doing this on Wednesday mornings. Um, and I don't even think about it like I do Wednesday mornings. I don't think about it most of the time. It doesn't feel like that uh, that big of a deal, even though it was it was very new at, at the start. Um, but the beautiful thing is, yeah, like um, it's been an awesome practice for me with God. Great time to connect with God. A great time to remember that I'm fully dependent on Him for everything He's asked me to do or to accomplish. Um, so the pressure's off and I can ask him for help. Um, and, uh, and then what I do is on Thursdays, then I'd have a really good breakfast and I just give thanks and I'd thank God again, as a reminder to me of God, you're the one who's doing these things anyway. Um, so thank you. And, and those two practices kind of together were like, yeah, just changing the, this, um, this thing in my heart about really depending on myself to, to learn to depend on God again. I feel like my brain is like, I have so many thoughts and questions and stuff <laughs> like that, but yeah, two things I'll touch on. One, I think it's like really interesting because as you were starting to talk about this, I thought of the same thing about some of those global ideas of like how interesting it is that we're probably the least likely to fast in the West and we're very privileged. I mean, not everybody mm -hmm. is, but generally mm -hmm. pretty, I could skip breakfast and be just fine. Mm -hmm. um, and what that, because that's what I was trying to think about too, is like if we put ourselves in like Jesus's shoes when he was on earth, like what the culture was of fasting in that time and how like, yeah, how the idea of giving up food is very different because like we throw out food here. Like it's just a totally different like mindset here. Um 
and and trying to think about like what does it actually mean to like give up something that like you desperately need and I think of one time it wasn't actually fasting but I remember one time that I thought about fasting was actually when I was at camp and I was like desperately tired Mm. and I would try to get up a little bit early to like read my bible or something in the morning and I'm waking up and just feeling so exhausted and I was like god like I need sleep like I need sleep which is true and I just felt god be like does sleep sustain you or do I sustain you? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oof, guess I'll read my Bible. But um, mm-hmm. like, I think that that thought to me, it was like, it wasn't actually me fasting and I'm not advocating that we should get less sleep. I won't mm-hmm. advocate to a father of a young boy that yeah. we shouldn't. Yeah. But this idea that like, I think for me, I like, immediately connected it to this idea of like thinking about what sustains us. And I don't know if that's like really, there's probably a lot of mystery within fasting. Like even as you said, like there's a couple of things here. Um, but actually thinking about what it means to like put that in an area of our life, particularly if you feel like there's no, like I know some people that have said like, if you're struggling to make a decision, you should fast. And I'm like, okay, Mm. interesting. I've Mm. never like done it a whole lot. Um, we, you know, I fasted once for work friends. Do you remember that? We fasted and then we spent time in prayer on our own in different rooms here. And then we came back and it was probably the most on the page we've been. Jen doesn't remember it. Yeah, I but do. I, no, I it's, coming back. It's, com- it's coming back. <laughs> yeah, it timbits in my pocket. <laughs> Tater tots. Anyway, yeah. all that to say, it's like interesting that I like, as you're talking, I'm remembering all these moments of times where I mm. like thought about fasting or like realized like, oh, like this is like really something that maybe has some sus- substance to it that I haven't really practiced very much, nor have I had like a ton of really like guidance or teaching on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like God has been kind of specific, like some moments that are highlighted as we go through it. And yet it's not something that like I ever have like incorporated in any type of regular rhythm into my life. I've just done it like a few times kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all my reflections on what you said. So I, I feel like my brain is like now I'm going to be thinking about fasting all the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. But why would you say that like you think it is important? It's like interesting how there's like all these different ideas of how it's been. But like what would what would be your sort of reasoning for why it's important for Christian? Well, you know, um, first of all, let's engage what you're saying there. I, mm-hmm. I think some of the reason we struggle, some of the right reason why we struggle to understand fasting is like, like God made our physical being. He made our physical provisions. Food isn't bad. Sleep isn't bad. Mm-hmm. And we do um, on one level need those things. Mm-hmm. And in fact, those are the things that God has provided in order to meet those certain needs mm-hmm. in our life. And so that's why it feels so weird to be like, you know, it's like that, Oh God, you're not taking care of me. It's like, well, you know, I already gave you, you know, it's like, oh, God, I'm feeling tired. Uh, you have a bed. Like, <laughs> lay down. You know, it feels dumb. It's like you're ignore. It feels like you're ignoring the reality of physical life or physical needs or whatever and saying, you know, and spiritualizing it and be like, oh, God will, you know, meet all my needs. I'm not going to eat ever. You know, God will meet all of my nourishment needs. Um but I think the, the thing actually that's that's constantly in my mind is the thing that I fix my mind on when I fast is, God, if all I have in this life is all of my needs met, 
or even uh, delicious food, you know, or whatever, but I don't have you, it's not worth it. Like, I'm not alive. Um, and actually, maybe maybe a scripture that, that comes to mind around that is is uh, also in Matthew 6, um, but where he's talking about worrying, and Jesus says, um, like, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Seek first the kingdom of God. Like, life is m- about more than sleep and food and phones. Um and and so how do I put those things in their proper place to say these things have a role, but life is more than this. And if all I have is this, but I don't uh, have God, or I don't have a connection with God, or uh, I'm being ignorant of God, or just letting life f- fly by and God is like, you know, I, I, I think about him once a week maybe for a moment. Um, if that's If that's it, then it's not worth it. In fact, I'm not even living. There's so much life I'm missing out on. So that's what I think about Mm. when I fast is actually, um, God, help me to just remember, even in just not eating, whether or not I pray, let me just remember, I need you more than I need uh, just my needs met. Um, And I want you more than I just want my needs met. Um, So why is it it important um, to fast? I think um, I think in one part it it uh, it puts things in their proper place. Um, it helps us to set our heart in its proper place, seeking uh, after God and not just survival or sustenance um, or pleasure. And um, and I think uh, um, yeah, I mean in that space when we are, when our heart is in that place, I guess, of seeking God above all else. A wonderful life happens there. So whether that's, um, we're seeing God answer prayers, um, or we're just connecting with God, or our life is now just orienting around what it was always designed to orient around, um, that's where our life should be. Um, and if fasting helps that happen, um, then it's worth fasting. Um, I've heard it said that, you know, instead of thinking just about fasting from something, thinking about feasting on God, like that it's not really in the abstaining or in the not doing something that, you know, somehow is, is a good practice. It's actually in like... Uh, yeah, setting your heart on uh, on God or, or getting right with God. You know, in the Old Testament, it's like repent. Like, if if there's no desire in you to turn from from sin, like, but you know it's there. It's like, oh, like, get right, get right with God, and maybe maybe um um, uh, you know, praying and fasting is one of those pieces of like, oh, like this is serious. I know it's serious in my head, not feeling it in my heart. Let me just orient my heart around that by, uh, by, uh, yeah, I don't know, prayer, fasting, whatever. I appreciate that mindset shift from abstaining from something to feasting on God. Like instead of focusing on the lack, I can see, and I've been there where it's like, 
I almost sometimes have like self-pity. That sounds really icky to say, but it's just like, oh, I don't have food for breakfast today or whatever it is like, oh, I can't check my phone this week. Like totally missing the opportunity of like putting yourself in a posture to feast on God. Like I really, really appreciate that. Um, and I hope it's encouraging for other people to hear that. Like, yeah, just that little shift in your, in your thinking. Um, you've already talked about it, but how has God formed you specifically through fasting? Yeah, I think it's been, um, uh, actually I've heard it said even that fast, if you're, if you realize you're not hungry for God, fasting is a great way to reignite that hunger. I, I think, uh, fasting has been for that. Um, a a weekly like, ch- uh, in one sense like a weekly check, almost mm. on myself of like how hungry am I, um, for God. Um, so it's been an interesting thing that way. I will say, um, even over this past eight nine months with Otto, with him not sleeping very much, most of my spiritual practices have gone out the window or totally shifted. Totally shifted. Like I used to have such a, um, just a regular and routine kind of like life in prayer and scripture and stuff. Um, did for the longest time after Otto was born, it's like, I'd sleep as long as I could until I needed to get up and ready for work and go to work. Um, and, uh, and so like that was kind of all those other practices were going out the window, but fasting was, is an interesting one because, you don't actually have to add anything to your schedule. Like it's actually one, maybe like one of the only practices that actually is abstaining instead of adding. Um, So in a busy schedule, like there's actually like total opportunity to fast. Like there's no reason why we wouldn't have time to fast. All Mm -hmm. you need to do is not (laughs) just not right um and um and so for me it was an interesting when when i was reading when i was like never reading the bible uh in the mornings um it was like the only thing that remained and it was for me something that even if i was holding auto and was exhausted in the act of not eating um it was like this this space where at least I could remind my heart and uh, that, wow, like I, I need God more than I, I need food. And that in itself was, was the, the spiritual practice. And it was really um, helpful. Um, yeah. And it's been helpful for it to be like a routine uh, for me. You know, I think there's, you know, in scripture, oftentimes fasting is like maybe not super routine, kind of like it's extreme circumstances, you know, like you said about decision-making, um, or whatever. And, uh, but, uh, but the routine has been helpful for me. Um, you know, it's basic. Yeah. I, get, I basically like delay my, delay my breakfast. So <laughs> it's not that big of a deal, but yeah. How's it for me? I don't know. Did I answer that question? Mm-hmm. I think you've been kind of answering it throughout okay. our whole, whole yeah. conversation here. Yeah. Yeah. I thought um, it was interesting. Ainsley, you said, um, just about, uh, when you were, um, at camp and that sleep thing. Mm-hmm. That's like exactly what I experienced this, this week on Wednesday. Um, things were not going as I expected things to go at home <laughs> on Wednesday. And I was feeling weak. 
I was also wondering if I was sick. Um, and uh, I was like, Curry, you just need to eat food. And, I mean, sometimes I do. Like, sometimes I don't I do not uh, do it for whatever reason. Um, don't fast. Um, but that thought came to mind. And then immediately that thought, like, I, like, maybe actually I need something more than food right now. Mm. Um, and truth be told, uh, I did. Like, I needed love. Uh, you know, I was, I was feeling self-pity for myself uh, Wednesday morning. Um, and, yeah, like, insecurity. And, uh, and I didn't just need food. And it was a much better fill of my life, um, actually, to to set food aside for a moment and um, receive from God. So, yeah. Mm. I'm thinking of um, Jesus and, like, the woman at the well. And he's like, if you had, like, living water, like, you would never thirst again kind mm. of thing. And, like, it's more of this idea of, like, Obviously, Jesus isn't, like, advocating for her to, like, never drink water again, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what he's saying. But this idea that, like, I have something that you're never going to get from these things that you, like, again, that weird, it's almost like a weird dichotomy of, like, you mm-hmm. do need water, and mm-hmm. we've been designed to need water, and it's good for us, and da-da-da. But that he's just, like, I have something for you that you would never thirst again. Mm-hmm. And this idea of wondering what actually is underneath. And I think like, even as we understand how like our bodies and our souls are connected to and how these are, I don't know if that, this is not like me teaching on fasting. These are just the thoughts that are coming up in my head, right. Of just like how those things are connected, how like when we have this posture or this like reminder to like ask ourselves what we need. And like you said, you needed more than just food or energy. It was actually something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and this is interesting. Um, uh, it might be worth worth mentioning um, <laughs> that there maybe are some unhealthy ways of fasting. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, I knew someone <clears throat> who uh, the line between fasting and anorexia can be very thin. Um, if you know, <clears throat> if uh, not done wisely, so doesn't have, I mean, if you're skipping breakfast one day a week, it's fine. But, um, uh, you know, if you're doing an extended period of fasting, like it's helpful to have a conversation with someone, you know, to be, or a few people, maybe, you know, to be mature in their faith, yeah. uh, just to be a check and balance there. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that the woman from Samaria did drink water again. <laughs> yeah. I would assume that. Yeah, I feel like that is a good disclaimer I was thinking about at the end too of just like, because like intermittent fasting is very trendy. Mm, You know what I mean? And it's not to be a trend. I don't think that that's, anyone would get that from what you're saying, but like it's not, it's it's not like some like health thing to get some sort of like physical benefit. It's more of a posture, Mm. but. Yeah. And if you're, if you're concerned about your motives there, I would just binge the next meal would be the recommendation. (laughs) Well, you would think like. I even think like, like I'm reminded that God knows us and all of this is grace and an invitation for us to know him and mm-hmm. to be more formed in him. Yeah. But like I have people that I love a lot where food and different seasons can be really difficult for various reasons. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just think like there's opportunity, like God knows us 
and that if food is a hard thing for us to work with, what if, with whatever experiences with it, then there are other things that we can do to practice fasting. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be, yeah, I appreciate what you said. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be just fasting. And there's different examples of that in the Bible, mm-hmm. but that is a good, that is a good disclaimer. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yeah. Has there been any um, resources or teaching about fasting that have been helpful in your learning? Honestly, I think it's been like stories. Um, so yeah, I mean, Heavenly Man, Brother Dion mentioned that. Um, I mean, uh, there's a, I think it's in a book called Building a Discipling Culture by Mike Breen, um, where they talk about fasting. Yeah, it's in that book, I think. Um, and talk about Jesus' experience in the wilderness. That that was helpful for me both to hear stories of people in other parts of the world who practice fasting more regularly. Um, and other other things. Actually, one 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 little tidbit. Um, he talks about how sometimes um we struggle to say no to our flesh in certain areas. Um, like for some people with porn, like that can be super super hard. Um. But fasting is actually like a practice or a discipline of saying no to our flesh. And um, um, at least uh, he talked about in, the, in his book about um, some people seeing victory in areas where they couldn't say no by saying no in an area where they could. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so for some people saying no to food, actually, you know, some, some people have unhealthy overeating habits. Um, maybe that is like the self-control to say no to food is, is too strong, is, uh, too hard. Um, but is there an area, another area where you could actually have the discipline of saying no to your flesh to instead find your fill in God? Um, and, uh, anyway, so you mentioned that in, uh, in that book there, but, um, yeah, I think it's been more than anything stories, um, or personal experiences with other people who have been, who fast, um, that had been helpful for me. Um, I'm sure I've read things along the way or (laughs) researched things along the way, but, um, but, uh, nothing really sticks out. Um, before we ask our last questions, are there any final thoughts that you want to make sure that we talk about when it comes to fasting? I think what I would say is, um, don't take yourself too seriously. Um, and, uh, do it more than once because the first time is probably going to feel awkward. At least that's been my experience. Uh, if, if you think that, um, it's be helpful, I feel like the first few times I fasted, I wasn't really thinking about anything else except, wow, this is weird. What am I doing? Um, how does this work? You know? Uh, I was really just in my head, not really maybe after God. So um, try it a few times, but probably more than once because the first time is probably going to be as far as you're setting your heart on God. uh, I pray it is effective for you, but um, if it's not, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I like it. That's it. I, like I think it. I've thrown everything out on the table here Amazing. today, Jen. Well, to wrap up our conversation, the final question. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've been given? Um, one of the best pieces of advice is uh, 
this was maybe just for me and it was very timely for me. Um, it was a random, it was my physics teacher's girlfriend <laughs> came to relay for life at the school. She was a Christian. Um, and, uh, we were having a conversation, um, uh, but it was very brief. She didn't know me at all, really. And I don't even know what you're talking about. But she said, God doesn't want you to be motivated by guilt. And it was exactly what I needed to hear in that season of my life. Um, and that has uh, been huge for me. Um, yeah, I think, and, and not to say f- don't feel guilty about feeling motivated by guilt, but to say, uh, God has something more for me than guilt-ridden motivation. Um, motivation like uh, an invitation closer to him. Motivation like, uh, as Jesus says in John 15, we abide in him that our joy will be complete. Okay, those are good motivations. Uh, joy in God. Um, he offers us that, his grace, um, his life, flowing in us, um, you know, his being that source of water that never, never runs dry, uh, in our life. Um, you know, the opportunity to, you know, as, as far as like mission goes, like the opportunity to love and bless and be used by God to build up other people. Those are good motivations. Um, and I think that that, what that, that woman, I don't even know her name, um, shared with me, uh, has actually has been one of those root root lessons for me, piece mm. of advice that's kind of led to critiquing my motivations um, and uh, and seeking from God what what those what those better ones would be. And so, thank you, mystery woman, <laughs> um, <laughs> Mr. Gooch's girlfriend, <laughs> ex girlfriend. Um, I don't know. I don't know how far or where where your listener base and how that realms you know lines up with where I grew up. But um, <laughs> she was great, and I'm sure he takes no offense by that. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah. This was super helpful, insightful, thoughtful, practical. So thank you. Thank you. I, I honestly I don't feel like an expert on fasting. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad to just talk about it. I mean, it's good. Yeah. I, I hope uh, I was honored to be here today. So okay. thank you. Thanks. And um, I hope it was helpful. Yeah, it was. Thanks so much for joining us as we practice Rhythms of Grace together. We would love to hear what God is speaking to you through this season. So share your journey with us on Instagram or Facebook at Just Work Friends. We love hearing what you guys Um, are enjoying about this season and how God is really working through your lives. So until next Monday, happy fasting. (laughs) (laughs) And the voice crack is back. Rats. Have a great week, everyone. (laughs) Bye.